At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to tune into our current series, Assembly Required, Building a Case for Church, where we'll see what the Psalms teach us about a life of faith lived in community. Good morning. My name is Chris Shea. It's been a while since I've uh, gotten the chance to worship with you all. This is a wonderful experience. Thank you for having me. Uh, what a year it has been. Uh, what a wild ride. So much bad news. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere you turn. It, it's every moment coming at you. In fact, uh, star of the hit TV show, The Office, John Krasinski took notice of this. He said, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I am tired of being bombarded with all of the bad news from across the globe, mind you. And so he started his own news outlet on YouTube, which he called SGN. Can we put that image up? Some good news. <laughs> There's got to be some good news that we can hear. And the people at large across the world gravitated towards this. They agreed with John Krasinski because it became an incredibly popular show. Mind you, this just started after the quarantine. It's only been a couple of months, and yet it has garnered 2.6 million subscribers. And this popularity has not gone unnoticed because it's now officially being picked up by CBS. And this is what John had to say about this in an interview. He said, from the first episode, our goal was just to create a news show dedicated entirely to good news. Never did I expect to be joining the ranks of such a historic news organization as CBS. It just goes to show that people are drawn to good news, especially when things look bleak. <laughs> now, I don't know John Krasinski, uh, but I do have a friend that has, I think, a similar goal, uh, which is just to interrupt your day and share some good news because he's always counting down to Christmas, right? And you have anyone have a friend? I feel we all have a friend like that somewhere. This starts immediately after Christmas, mind you. 51 weeks until Christmas. <laughs> 48 weeks until Christmas. And just in case you're wondering, at this very moment, there's only 20 weeks until Christmas. There's some good news for you, okay? But for some people, even that's not good news. Even the holidays are going to be ruined this year. Why? Because big retailers like Walmart and Target have already begun announcing that they are not participating in Black Friday. And for some people, this is just another terrible announcement, right? This is just more bad news to pile on top of the bad news that we've already gotten this year. Now, personally, I think this is very smart, right? I think this, they're making a very good decision, especially in announcing this early so people can plan accordingly. Um, but this is a smart thing for them because it's, it may cost them. This, this may be a risk to them. It may not cost them. I don't know. But they've calculated all these things, right? They, they know what they're doing. And they've looked at the situation. They said, no, this is what is best right now. Uh, Black Friday just doesn't make sense during a global pandemic. <laughs> so it's got to go. And the truth is that many people are doing the same thing right now. They, they're looking at various subscriptions that they have, the, the services, uh, the memberships, the obligations that they had in their lives, and they're beginning to weigh the pros and the cons. They're beginning to, to look at things, and, and they're canceling whatever is deemed not necessary. 
So whatever costs too much, whatever doesn't provide enough value in their lives, whatever is deemed to be unimportant is gone. And the thing is, the church is not immune to this. Right? When it comes to the church, people are asking, do I really need this in my life? I mean, even Christians, right? Christians are saying things like, hey, you know, I've been watching these services at home and it's kind of nice. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to get up early if I don't want to. I can watch it whenever I want. Listen, I don't have to wrestle with the kids to try and get them out the door. In fact, I can stay in my PJs all day long if I want to. It's incredible. And maybe you've thought some of those same things. In fact, maybe some of you are, are watching this online right now or you're streaming the audio into your home because you're still wrestling with some of these issues, and that's okay. But our hope in this series, which, which we're calling Assembly Required, is that by looking at God's Word, we will find answers to this question. Why is it that God, in, in all His wisdom, instructs us to gather together as his holy church. And so far, we've seen that, that we gather together to delight in God's word. We gather together so that we can experience the cleansing and the joy and the freedom that comes through confession. And the topic we want to focus on today is praise. How important is it to praise God together? In fact, really, what the psalm that we're going to look at is going to teach us is that in every season, every day, God is to be praised. And that's really where it's been convicting for me. Because if I'm honest, I don't think that's been my attitude during all of this. Uh, there have been times when my soul has not been bursting with praise. There have been times when worship was not the priority of my heart. And don't get me wrong, I still had faith. It just felt stagnant or, or stale. Because all of the online videos that I watched, all of the online services in the world couldn't take the place of this, of what we are doing right now in the gathering of the saints. And so we need this. We, we need this time together to, to break away from the distractions from the pressures, from all the responsibilities of daily life and living so that we can reorient our focus on where it belongs. So we can fix our eyes on God and offer him genuine, biblical, gospel-centered praise. Even in the midst of bad news, and especially in this particular cultural moment where it is just filled with unrest and tension, right? I mean, we're talking about political tension, there's financial tensions, educational tensions, medical tensions, racial tensions, and we need to remember that through all of it, in every season, every day, God is to be praised. So if you would please join me in your Bibles, uh, or your smart devices, you're welcome to get those out and use your Bible app, uh, but find yourself in Psalm 145. Psalm 145, we'll have some text on the screen for you to follow, but ideally you want to get this in front of you because there's a lot there and we'll be going through it pretty quickly. But as you find your place, I'll just give you a little background information to help us understand what's going on in this psalm. This is the last of the psalms that is written by David, at least that we know of. And interestingly enough, this is also an acrostic psalm. 
So if you remember in, in grade school, right, the, the teacher would have you write your name vertically down the side of a sheet of paper in big letters, and then you would have to come up with a word or a phrase or a sentence that described your name, that described you and who you are in this acrostic format. And so that's essentially what, what David is doing here. Each verse begins with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet in order from Aleph to Tav, or, or from, as we would say, from A to Z. And there are two reasons that they would do this. The first reason that the acrostic served as a memory aid for God's people, right? So for example, when my family's on a road trip, we play a game sometimes. It's called In My Grandma's Trunk. Anyone know this game? Nobody did in the first one either. Maybe you call it something different. I don't know why they call it In My Grandma's Trunk, but the game is really easy. The idea is that someone begins by saying, in my grandma's trunk is a, and you start with the first letter of the alphabet, and you say something that starts with that letter. In my grandma's trunk is an apple. And then the next person has to repeat everything the first person said, but add on the next letter. So in my grandmother's trunk is an apple and a bear. You know, it's, if you have kids, they come up with just the craziest, like most random things that are in their grandmother's trunk. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is what I want you to get from this. By the end of it, we can all remember a list of the most crazy, random things. Why? Because of the alphabet. Because of the acrostic nature. And so this was a, a memory aid for God's people to remember the characteristics, the attributes of who God is. But secondly, acrostics also help communicate the fullness, the totality, the, the completeness of the message. And so in other words, God is not just first and last. He's not A and Z. He is that and everything in between. He is the first, the last, and everything from start to finish. And so the acrostic format is actually kind of a, has like a deep meaning to it as David is attempting to describe these characteristics and attributes of, of who God is. Now, just one final note of, of kind of housekeeping here. Some of you might notice that the latter part of verse 13 is in brackets. Uh, that's because for a long time, this piece was missing. Uh, it actually represents the Hebrew letter noon, and it was gone. It, it wasn't in all the original text that we had, but eventually we, with the discovery of the Qumran scrolls, uh, and the Septuagint, we noticed that it was there in, in those more ancient texts. And so subsequently, this has now been added to help complete, give us the full picture. But because it was added later, they put it in brackets just to notify you. There's, there's probably a notation uh, or a footnote somewhere in your Bible telling you about this. But let's read this together. And as we read it, David is going to help us understand three things. We're going to see what happens when we praise God why God is to be praised in every season, and then also how we are to praise God. So let's read the psalm together. This psalm, which has been called by many the crown jewel of praise, and I think you'll see why. Psalm 145, starting at verse 1, says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. 
They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. What happens when we praise God. Well, look at, the, look at the first few verses. He says, I will extol you, my God, my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Why? Because verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And because his greatness is unsearchable. In other words, when we recognize who God is, the only proper response is adoration. It is praise. It is worship. So this is not based on, on who we are or, who, or what we do. This is based solely on who God is. And guess what? God is immutable. God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so the psalmist realizes that because of this, praise is the only thing that we can and should do in every season, every day, no matter what, from now until eternity, despite the circumstances we might find ourselves in. Now, we see this in the scriptures. For example, in Acts 16, we find a, a Paul and Silas. And guess what? They're in prison. Now, why are they in prison? Well, because they healed a little girl. So they healed a little girl in a, in a beautiful act of compassion, one that demonstrated the power and the love of Jesus. And in response, the crowds attacked them. They tore their shirts off them. They beat them with rods. They tortured them in stocks. Their circumstances were not ideal. They were suffering for their faith. They were just following the ways of Jesus, and it resulted in persecution and pain for them. Now, if that were you, what would your focus be? 
I mean, what would be the things rolling around in your mind? What would you be thinking? Because I'm a practical guy, so I, I would probably be worried. I'd be thinking like, hey, how are the bills going to get paid now? Uh, how are my wife and kids going to handle this situation right now? And sure, I would think about God too, but if I'm honest, I'd probably be questioning him. I would say, where is God in all of this? How could you let this happen? God, what are you thinking? That's not what we read about in Acts 16.25. Instead, we read this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. So first, their circumstances did not change their attitude. Right? Even in very dark, grim circumstances, praise was still on their lips. And then second, as a result of this, their worship actually became their witness to the people around them. So if we continue reading the story, Acts 16, uh, verse 26 says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and then brought them out and said, Sirs! What must I do to be saved? And then they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. You see, God uses our praise to advance his plans. So what happens when we praise God? Oh, our, our hearts and our minds become centered on the Lord instead of ourselves. They are centered on who he is instead of our circumstances. In other words, praise gives us a proper perspective. And it gives us hope. It becomes a catalyst for the work of God in our lives and in the lives of those around us. David needed that. Paul needed that. Silas needed that. Friends, we need that. We need that. We, we offer our praise and our worship. And it's not just empty emotionalism. This is not getting a spiritual tickle, right? It is meant to unleash the power of God in our lives. It is meant so that, so that we can hear from God's spirit so that our hearts will align with his word and to testify to who God is and what he has done. So maybe you came in here today and your mind has just been filled with the chaos of our culture, with, with negativity, with all kinds of, of bad news. But whatever your circumstances, whatever perspective you came in with today, I want to invite you to praise God. I want to invite us to praise God together and trust that as we lift our praise that God hears God hears and he responds because that is what we need more than anything, for God to respond to our worship, to move in and through us by the power of his spirit. That is what happens when we praise God. And that's exactly where David is going in the psalm, right? As he begins to, to help us understand all of the reasons that God is to be praised. So why is God to be praised? Remember, we praise God in every season every day because of who he is, because of what he has done. And so David begins describing all of the ways that he knows that God is worthy of our praise. So verse one, 
We notice that God is personal, right? He says, this is my God. This is my king. And he's not just a king. He's the king. And his kingdom will never fail. It will never end. It will never cease to be. Verse 3, he says, our God is great. No one and no thing compares to him. Our God is unsearchable. We just cannot begin to fathom the magnitude and the majesty of who God is. Verse 4, our God is active. He is at work. And so stories of his power have been handed down from generation to generation to generation since the beginning of time. Now, just to speed this up a bit, because there's a lot here and we don't want to run out of time. Verse 5, our God is glorious. Verse 7, our God is good and he is righteous. Verse 8, our God is gracious. He is merciful. He is loving. Verse 11, our God reigns. Verse 13, our God is everlasting. Verse 14, our God is faithful. He lifts up the broken and upholds the humble. Verse 15, our God supplies our needs. Verse 16, our God is generous and satisfies our every desire. Verse 17, our God is kind. Verse 18, our God is near. He is omniscient. In verse 19, our God is listening and our God saves. Verse 20, our God is a protector. He always does what is right and just. And because of all of this, because of everything that has just been said, verse 21, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. David was a passionate worshiper. In fact, if you remember, he even offended his own wife by his willingness to praise God without concern for his reputation. Right? He didn't care what other people thought about him. Nothing was going to stop him from praising God. Well, the truth is, life did interrupt his praise. Distractions and temptations did take his attention away from God. And of course, the same is true for all of us. Thankfully, there is one who didn't. There is one who remained completely faithful to God. Jesus trusted his father with every single decision in his life, right? Jesus trusted God as his father in the wilderness. He trusted him in every healing, during every sermon, in the midst of every single miracle. He even trusted God as he walked into Jerusalem to face the cross. Through every last breath of his life, Jesus lived in ever-present praise. Everything he did, he did for the Lord. In every season, every day, he praised his heavenly Father. Like David and every other fallen human being with a sin nature, we do not. We fail at this. But Jesus didn't just die for you. He lived for you, right? Jesus is not just some good example for us to follow. He lived up to every letter of the law of God. He fulfilled every prophecy, giving all glory and honor and praise to God the Father. And on the cross, this great exchange takes place where he takes the holy wrath of God for our sins. And in exchange, we are then gifted with his perfect righteousness 
So now through the person and work of Jesus, we have all been, we've been washed. We've been forgiven of our sins. We have been gifted with Christ's righteousness. And the spirit of God has come to live inside of us, empowering us to live finally for God's glory. Is there anyone else who is worthy of your praise today? Dear Christian, if you have found yourself entertaining temptation, if you have found yourself too busy or distracted by all the things that are going around us, by your circumstances, I want to invite you to join in the heavenly chorus. I want to invite you to join in praise, in worship to the Lord, saying, Worthy! Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. As Revelation 5.12 tells us, because God is great and greatly to be praised. So David teaches us what happens when we praise God, why God is to be praised in every season, and then finally, how we are to praise God. So how do we praise God? David describes three ways. First, we praise God by blessing his name. Now, verse one tells us to bless God's name forever and ever. Verse two repeats this idea saying, every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And the idea of blessing in the Bible is that of, it's just speaking good words about them. Speaking good words about someone. In fact, the Greek word uh, is eulogio. It's, the word, it's where we get our word eulogy from. So when we are at someone's funeral and someone gives a eulogy, they are speaking good words over them. They're they are speaking praise about them. They are blessing them. Now Ephesians 1.3 describes our relationship with God this way. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So the idea is that we have already been blessed beyond belief by God in the giving of his son, Jesus. That having been adopted into the family of God, being found in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And we are thankful. We are eternally grateful to the extent to which God has gone to redeem his people. And so what do we do? In return, we praise him. We speak good things about him. We bless him. Interesting to think that we can be a blessing to God. It's a reciprocal relationship, right? He gives, he blesses, we receive, we bless him back, and on and on it goes. And so how do we bless God? What does that look like in our lives? We do it when we pray. We do it when we sing when we lift up our voices in worship, we do it when we read the scriptures, we do it when we offer praise and thanksgiving, we, we do it every day with our time and our money and our talents when it is directed towards his will. In fact, Paul will say in, in Romans chapter 5 that everything we do and say, our very lives become a gift. It becomes a fragrant offering that is given to God. Now, secondly, we also praise God through meditation. Look at verse 5 with me. He says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Now, this is not transcendental meditation, 
right? This is not an emptying of your mind to become one with the universe. In fact, it's just the opposite of that. What we're talking about is, is that we continue to think about this. We, we continue to contemplate. We continue to reflect on the word of God all day long, all throughout the week. And actually, the, the idea of uh, meditation, the, the word that's uh, translated as meditate, actually refers to a cattle chewing the cud. And I didn't know this, but it's kind of interesting because cattle have four different digestive chambers in their stomach. And so what happens is they, they pick up food, they swallow it whole without breaking anything down, and it goes into one of these digestive compartments where it's partially broken down, and then it goes back up to their mouth where they chew on it some more. And then it goes down and it goes into another compartment and it comes back up and they chew it some more until finally it goes down to the abomasum, which is the final compartment where it is completely digested. And only after this whole process has taken place, only after all of this is going on, can the nutrients finally be absorbed into the body and used for growth, for strength, right? For maintaining good health. That is the picture that we get of what it means to meditate on God's word, on, on who he is and what he's done. We continue to chew on this truth. We reinforce it all throughout the day, all throughout the week. We, we pray about it. We think about it. We study God's word until every last ounce of wisdom is absorbed into who we are so that we can grow strong, so that we can maintain our spiritual health. And then, once we understand it for ourselves, the third thing David instructs us to do is share it with others. We are to share this. Verse uh, 11 says, They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So we bless God when we tell the next generation about him. When we share the gospel with our kids, with our grandkids, when we raise them up to know the Lord, we will tell them how God came through for us, through our family, through all our valleys. We will tell them about God's faithfulness to us in this crazy year of 2020. We will pass on to them all the stories of God's greatness and faithfulness in our lives and in all the lives of those who have gone before us. And notice what happens when we do. Verse 21, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Now, do you remember how this psalm started? David started by saying, I will extol you, my God, my king. But over the course of this psalm, his praise has just snowballed. It has grown bigger and bigger. So it goes from I to all. From individual praise to community praise. From singular to everything and everyone. Because when our lives are lived as worship to God, others will see it. They will take notice of it. They will hear the good news and it will draw them in. Our worship is our witness to the world. So in every season... Every day, God is to be praised. And look, I know that's easier said than done. I know that we would all have absolutely no problem coming up with a list of 22 sentences or more 
that describe our, our frustrations, that describe our, our complaints. They're all the reasons that we are struggling in this season right now. But can we, can we flip the script on that? Can we turn it around and can we offer unadulterated praise to God? Because we're all here. We all still have some amount of physical health. We're all still alive. Praise God. But even more than that, we have spiritual health because we've already been saved. We know God as our Father through the person and work of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit in our lives. So no matter how bad things seem, right, no matter how bad our circumstances get, we have hope. We have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of eternity. Praise God for that. And until then, we have the gift of the church. We have the gift of each other to come alongside of each other, to build each other up, to help us, to sustain us, to help us live this mission. The ministry of reconciliation where God works in and through our lives in a miraculous, mysterious way in order to draw more and more people into the family of God. Look, if a YouTube show called Some Good News can draw in millions of people from around the world and get the attention of major news networks. How much more could be done with the good news, with the gospel of Jesus Christ? If our unadulterated worship became our witness to the world and they could see the goodness of God's grace, the freedom of forgiveness, the, the, the joy of justification, the security of our salvation, the hope of heaven, as if all of it was evidenced by the very way that we lived our lives before them. As the worship team comes forward, we are going to have an opportunity to continue in worship. We are going to lift our voices in praise. But can I just ask you that whatever is, has been holding you back, Whatever has been hindering your praise, could we let that go? Could we lay that down at the altar before God and keep our eyes fixed on Him and offer Him the praise that is due Him? Because we have tasted, we have seen that the Lord is good. And we know that in every season, every day, God is worthy to be praised. Heavenly Father, God, we join David in the resolution that he makes to say that my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And so if our praise has been mild, God, if it has been tempted, if our blessings of you have become dull, God, if our zeal and passion for you has atrophied and waned away for whatever reason, please, God, give us eyes to see you again. Give us a glimpse of who you are and what you have done. Show us the magnitude and the majesty of our Lord Jesus Christ anew and move us, move us, compel us to praise. Move us to worship you today, to praise you for who you are. 
And God, use us. Use our praise to advance your plans. God, transform our worship into a bold witness before this world, drawing sinners to come home, calling your family home for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit we pray this today. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We'd love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org contact to introduce yourself today.